This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. Amber Smith here with you. Cancers of the skin are by far the most common of all cancers, and today we're going to talk about one of the deadliest forms of skin cancer, melanoma. Fortunately, melanoma accounts for only about 1% of skin cancers, but it's the skin cancer most likely to grow and spread. So if you or someone you care about is facing a diagnosis, there's much to consider. Here to talk about melanoma is Dr. Scott Albert, an assistant professor of surgery at the Upstate Cancer Center. Welcome, Dr. Albert. Good morning. So let's start by defining melanoma. It's not, it's not the only kind of skin cancer, so how do you, how do you define it? Yeah, so melanoma is, uh, like you said, a type of skin cancer. Um, it tends to be a pigmented lesion found on the skin surface, often with uh, irregular borders. Um, it can have you know, a variety of discolorations to it. Once in a while, melanoma can actually not have any pigmentation to it, but it can typically look... Most people just see something on their skin and it just looks unusual. And, mm. uh, and uh, patients can often identify that this lesion, this mole, just doesn't look right to them. So that's an often, uh, oftentimes a scenario that I, I see when I'm talking with patients. Do they pop up overnight, so to speak, or is it just a change in something and it starts looking different? So melanomas can arise de novo or without a previous lesion. That's the most common way. Once in a while, melanomas can arise from a previous mole or nevus that was there for a long time, and all of a sudden, over a matter of weeks or month, months, you know, either the patient or patient's family member noticed a change. So it really can can arise in a, a variety of ways. Okay, so it's the melanocytes. Is that how you say? Is that that's the cells that are affected? Correct. Yeah, there's a variety of of cells in our skin and. Melanocytes are a type of cell in the in the in our skin that and and really that's what gives our skin pigmentation and that's where uh, melanomas arise from okay. that that cell type. So, do people with darker skin complexion do they have more of a protection from this or? That's a good question. Uh, obviously, uh, patients that have uh, a darker complexion, melanoma is a little less common. Because we think that a lot of melanomas are related to uh, sun damage and pigmentation in your skin actually protects you uh, from UV radiation. So you oftentimes will see patients with uh, very fair skin, and those are the patients that are most at risk. However, patients with dark skin uh, can also develop melanomas, so it doesn't exclude them from from risk, although the, the risk is, is most likely lower in those patients. There's probably a variety of factors uh, causing uh, melanomas to develop. Uh, genetics, uh, fair skin obviously is one of them, Okay, um, uh, and I'll, I'll also sun exposure. And the sun exposure. Now, I've seen that um, the rates have been rising over the past several decades, so is that mostly sun exposure? It's probably probably, a, probably uh, a lot of a lot of several factors, but clearly sun exposure, blistering sunburns have been uh, linked to melanoma risk, and also tanning bed use has been shown to uh, increase your risk for for melanoma. Okay. So that's been uh, widely reported. Now, living in a climate where there's a lot of clouds, does that offer any protection for us? It's a good question. Oftentimes, people ask me why I. Why would I ever see a melanoma in Syracuse? Right, but, right. but the reality is, is patients 
are still at risk even in this area because they may oftentimes in the summer uh, get those blistering sunburns, right. not put any sunscreen on, or it's not uncommon to have patients go to Florida or warm weather climates for the winter and then uh, they return to Syracuse. Um, sure, so, makes sense. So we definitely see um, a lot of melanoma in, even in Syracuse. Okay, well, how are melanomas um, usually brought to the attention of a doctor? Is it usually something a patient finds, or is it during the regular um, annual exam maybe the doctor sees something? So it, it can come a variety of ways. Oftentimes patients who have a history of sun damage and even uh, other types of skin cancers may already be in the care of a dermatologist who follows them closely, who then may notice uh, unusual uh, uh, pigmented lesion or something atypical and will do a biopsy. But an, an, another common way to see a melanoma is, uh, you know, a patient uh, detects something that looks abnormal or even a family member because frequently melanomas can be on the back oh, where mm -hmm. patients don't really uh, look very frequently. And, and then they may seek attention from a primary care physician or, or, or someone someone that they're seeing on a regular basis. So it can come from those patients that are seeing dermatologists regularly or very frequently through a primary care care physician. And then some of those um, patients end up coming to Upstate, and I, I want you to tell me a little bit about the team approach that we have now for um, melanoma. Yeah, so is... the, the majority of melanomas are stage one. So uh, superficial melanomas uh, have a great outcome, excellent survival, but there are a fair number of melanomas that are higher stage, require complex treatment, and so what we've started here is a, a multidisciplinary program to allow us to discuss some of these uh, complex cases that require surgery, sometimes radiation, medical oncology, and then also importantly is dermatology for um, hmm. diagnosis, surveillance, follow-up. So this program meets monthly and we, we discuss any, any melanoma case, but typically the, the complex cases get heavily discussed. So really we can come up with a, a treatment plan for that patient that, that best suits them and having a lot of input from other specialties can be very beneficial. Oh, I imagine. I imagine. Now, does does melanoma get staged like um, just like all other cancers do? It does. It, it does have a, a staging system. It's really largely based on how deep the melanoma is um, and how involved the skin is. Additionally, we look at lymph node status. So we base our, our treatment on uh, you know, largely if it's involving lymph nodes or not and uh, how deep the melanoma is. Those are kind of the main factors, and obviously if it's spread elsewhere in the body. Okay. So those are kind of our main criteria for, for staging melanoma. And that sort of um, points to the type of treatment. So um, what are the treatment options? You mentioned if it's a stage one, that's got to be the, the, the least involved, Correct. right? Correct, yes. Early stage one melanomas are treated with uh, surgery alone, uh, oh. and no other treatments are required. However, you know, having one melanoma puts you at risk for other skin cancers and other melanomas, so that's why it's important to get dermatology involved early and have regular surveillance visits with dermatology for 
not only recurrence, but also development of new skin cancers because having one melanoma tells us that your skin has been damaged um, and you're at risk. So, so that's the majority. And, and when we talk about the higher stages, namely stage three, stage four melanomas, that's where we really have to put our heads together and, and decide what the best, best plan is for those patients, whether it's surgery, surgery and chemotherapy, surgery and, um, and radiation. So that's really what's beneficial about our, our, our multidisciplinary group. So very individualized, it sounds like. Correct. Totally different. Well, I've got some more questions, but let me remind listeners that this is Upstate's Health Link on Air, and you're Dr. Scott Albert, an assistant professor of surgery from the Upstate Cancer Center. So we talked a little about some of the treatment options, but let's fast forward a bit to like what's out there on the horizon, what's in, in, in laboratories today that might become a treatment in the future. Yeah, so one thing we've, we've started to do is... Uh, is offer certain patients a genetic test on their tumor, and that can help uh, categorize patients into a lower or higher risk for problems down the road. So, so this is what you would remove if you do surgery? You would then send it to the lab and try to gauge whether the chances of it recurring? or Correct. Yeah, so by looking at the, the tumor itself and a, a panel of genes within the tumor, um, we can decide if that, that melanoma is at higher or lower risk for recurrence. And sometimes that may prompt us to follow you a little closer or a little less frequently or may sometimes dictate additional testing. Um, so that's some of the benefits. Although still in the early phases and in, in implementation of this test is, is still up in the air, I think it's something on the horizon that we will begin the offer more regularly. And we do this for other cancers to some extent, looking at the tumor itself and, and understanding the, hmm. the genetics of that tumor. So we can really individualize the treatment of that cancer for that, that specific patient, that specific scenario. So is, are there genes that we know about that cause melanoma? Yeah, there's that quite a few genes that we are beginning to associate with melanoma one of the challenges with melanoma is that it is one of the most variable, uh, when you look at the genetic profile of, of melanoma, there are a variety of genes that are abnormal. Whereas if you look at some of the other types of cancers, you know, there may just be a few mutations, whereas melanoma has a variety of numerous mutations huh. in, in their genetic profile. So it gets to be a little bit more challenging and, you know, how to treat. And, and, and that's really one of the Wow. been one of the kind of areas of, of challenges for, for melanoma treatment, really. So getting back to treatment, are there clinical trials that are looking um, positive? Yeah, I think, you know, the treatment for melanoma for 20 years was, especially for advanced melanomas, was really minimal. We had a few therapies that had minimal effect, but really in the last five or 10 years, the landscape for for advanced melanoma has changed and there's quite a bit of uh, systemic therapies or sort of chemotherapies that we can offer patients to treat advanced melanoma. We do have uh, s several clinical trials available for patients for advanced melanoma and I think that's really uh, something that we're working towards because these clinical trials aren't um, really a placebo versus the best therapy. It's really the standard therapy or something more 
to standards. Mm. So, so patients are getting something that may not be available at all to them on some of these clinical trials. And especially for melanoma, we're really trying to uh, push push uh, forward with, with improving our treatment. Because like I said, most melanomas are, uh, are good actors in early stage, but every once in a while we see a real bad actor for melanoma and they can be very aggressive. And those are the patients that these clinical trials, I think, will, will benefit. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, so somebody could have um, advanced melanoma if they've had uh, something that has gone unnoticed for a long time. Correct. Yeah. Melanoma it can behave very bizarre, bizarrely. Uh, you know, like I said, most melanomas, you know, are, are you do fine, but once in a while, these melanomas can either recur years down the road or at presentation, they may already be metastatic. So, so those are the patients that we really have to put our heads together and figure yeah. out what the best treatment okay. is for them. So whether it's a clinical trial or, you know, being a part of this multidisciplinary group, those are the patients that I think really benefit. They get the benefit of, of, of multiple physician input into, into their treatment at, you know, at one setting. Because it sounds like there's a lot of decisions that the patient will have to make um, for each treatment. Yeah, I think the, the, the nice thing about having all these new drugs available for advanced melanoma is that it benefits the patient, but sometimes it makes the decisions a little more Harder challenging because yeah. you have so many, relatively so many more options. I have to sit down and treatment. make a list of what's the pros and cons of each Correct. pathway or whatever. Yeah, and mean. everyone's individualized. If it's a, a younger person, older person, sure. can they tolerate the treatment? Can they tolerate the surgery? So there's a lot of uh, questions that go into into making the final plan. So anyone with something that is troubling them in the appearance of a mole or something on their skin should bring it to the attention of their primary care doctor Absol and not ignore it. Yeah, absolutely. I think patients uh, know best, really. They can tell when something just doesn't look right. Um, and that goes, actually, that's been studied in recurrent melanomas. Patients are the most common, um, patient detection is the most common way to find a recurrence for most melanomas. So, Great. so it's important for patients to be aware and, uh, and not ignore changes. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being here. This has been Amber Smith speaking about melanoma with Dr. Scott Albert for Upstate's HealthLink on Air. Thank you.